though, it's the Rich Keith Show. Here we go, you're now rocking with the Rich Keith Show on your radio. You to hit the chronicles from a topical, comical, and knowledgeable Boston sports talker dropping in hotter than a tropical climate. Breaking news, he supplies it, and you want the truth? Scoops Keith will find it. He's talking about all the sports, and he's also a hashtag dork. And the father of two sweet daughters, the leader of your squad for you evening marauders and night commuters. Tune in and sit tight, six to ten, more like six to midnight. Ow, the mic's hot on the night's watch crew. Celtics, Bruins, Pats, and Red Sox too. Doing this since the Rich Keith Project. Now he's got podcasts and Twitch stream content. KWFE on WEEI. It's the Rich Keith Show. So here's your guy. Welcome into the Rich Keith Show here on a Monday night. We got. 90 minutes until Monday night football, and uh, we have a lot to talk about, so we're going to dive right in. We're going to uh, do mostly Patriots. That's where we're going to start, but if you want to talk about the massive Celtics trade and Drew Holiday coming aboard, I am all ears on that as well. 617-779-7937, but it's a Monday night. That means Fitzy is here, and Fitzy, how are you, and how do you feel about this Patriots squad? Bop, 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 bop. <laughs> The Pats are toast. Oh, I boy. think the season is done. <laughs> it's no fun. I am dead inside. So let Rich, me ask you. Uh, no, let me just tell you straight all right, up. All right. All right. Hold on. Just give me. Just, yeah, go ahead. Uh, you go ahead. You go a, ahead. Hey, congrats on the show. Thanks, Great man. to have you back. Hey, we're back. We are hey. back. We are back. No more Red Sox baseball. So, going to be a lot of programs coming up. Hey, Boston didn't suffer nothing but defeats this week, okay? It's been the rough. Red Sox won their final game of the season. Uh, now Yay. there's no more say. Uh, also, did you cover? Was it uh, seventy? Did you have it seventy-seven and a half or seventy-six? No, seventy-six, seventy-six and a half. Hey, so I was, yeah, 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 yeah. Better boy. Never, Can never I, a doubt. <laughs> never <laughs> had them all so, the way. Let me just say that you know, lost in in the the morass and the madness of the uh, the Patriots, just absolute ass whooping, the evisceration at the hands of Dallas yesterday. Yeah. Um, you know, if it were not for Drew Holiday. And the stones and the DGF attitude of Brad Stevens yesterday mm-hmm. pulling off a trade for a player that I am just over the moon yeah. that they brought to town and I think makes this the best team in the NBA overall. That's great. If you think about how awful yesterday was, the the passing of Tim Wakefield, the subsequent accident and passing of Russ Francis, and then the way the Patriots played last night, basically just pulling the rug of hope out from underneath all of Pat's nation just four games into the season— Yesterday almost could have gone down as one of the worst days in Boston sports history. That was like, insane. It was absolutely no, it was. awful. And to think that with the passing of Wakes, with the passing of Russ Francis, still the number one topic is the Patriots because they were that bad really highlights how terrible they the, were. The worst My loss God. in Bill Belichick's history as a head coach? Yes. He's been the head coach. He's been a head coach a long time. This even mm-hmm. counts as Cleveland days. 27 this, seasons. This counts his Drew Bledsoe days, his Matt Castle days, mm-hmm. his Cam Newton days, mm-hmm. uh, you name it. His Bernie Kosar days, his Vinny Testaverde days. Nobody lost as bad as Mac Jones and Bailey Zappi and the rest of the Patriots yesterday. And uh, it was insane. I think one of the parts that made me just laugh out loud was at the end of the game when they're like, let's try a 50-yard field goal. We're down 35. Let's go. Let's try to, let's try to get six points. Missed and you're like, yep, that you didn't deserve those three extra points. You no, you should not have had those three points. But yeah, a lot went wrong right from uh, Jump Street. You know, they're, they're now again their defense. What like 
was good enough to keep you in the game for the most part until, I mean, mm-hmm. the, the injuries killed him, right? And that's another big part of the story, too, is not not only did you lose, not only did you have to bench your quarterback, and now there's more questions than there's ever been before about the future of Mac Jones and the future of Bill Belichick, but your two best players on defense got hurt, and they're both going to miss a lot of time. They haven't said how much time, but Christian Gonzalez and Matt Judon, both are going to be out for a while, and... Say what you want about Mike McCarthy and say what you want about Dak Prescott. But the second Christian Gonzalez goes down, they dial up a fade CD lamb on miles. Bryant easiest touchdown you'll ever see in an NFL game. I, I, I tweeted immediately. I was thinking of even pulling reference to Ellis, uh, Ellis Hobbs on Plaxico versus <laughs> yeah. Super Bowl 42, no. but that would have been too triggering for Patriots yeah, fans at the time. Cause I think we all knew something was wrong and something was real wrong with Gonzo fresh off of being named Defensive Rookie of the Month in the NFL. Oh, yeah? Cursed by Commissioner Goodell. Yeah, now he's out. No good sons of guns at 345 Park Ave. He's out. The second, the greatest mismatch perhaps in the 21st century outside of a Super Bowl pass by Eli Manning was targeting CeeDee Lamb on Miles Bryant. He was open by five yards. And from that point on, the game was over. They showed the replay. It was like he just ran straight. There wasn't like a route or anything. No, no. He just ran straight, and then Miles Bryant wasn't able to run as straight as he was, or as fast <laughs> no, as he was. No, not as fast. Specifically and, as fast, yeah. And then Mac Jones just treated the rest of the game like the Joker walking away from the hospital that was set aflame <laughs> in the dark night, just impishly yeah. walking away, waiting for it to explode, and then no. kind of laughing and smirking as it did. There's no two sides to this story. There's no two ways of looking at Mac Jones' performance. He was awful. He was awful. Whether you're the biggest Mac Jones fan, you're a Mac Jones hater, you think he's somewhere in the middle, he was atrocious in the game. And my big takeaway, really, or, or, or thought going into this season is that every game for Mac Jones is a test, a tryout, a job uh, uh, interview. Whatever, audition, if you will. Audition, like whatever corny analogy you want to use, that's what it is. It's year three. A lot of us sort of gave him a pass for how bad it was last year. Doesn't get that same pass this year. And, you know, there's big contracts down the line and all that that they need to figure out. But more importantly for this team, do you have your quarterback of the future? Every game this year is so important. And he was awful. And he doesn't have a good arm. He's not going to beat you with his legs. What we were told coming out of college is he's smart. He's smart. He sees the game, feels the game. Did not do any of that yesterday. So if the guy with not the great arm, the guy that's not over-the-top athletic, if he's still going to throw across his body or not protect the ball when he's running with it or just giving up these pick sixes to to uh, to, to whoever. like He's given up a lot of pick sixes in his career. But yesterday. Deron Bland. Yeah. Come on yeah. down. You Deron get Bland. two interceptions plus a pick six. Against Michael McCorkle. He had another guy right in the chest. He could have ran one back oh, yeah. if he didn't drop it. And so, how about the, hey, the strip six, great strip six. pocket awareness. Like, he totally felt the pressure coming from behind. Oh, wait a second. No, he had the ball held out like a loaf of bread and should have been benched even quicker than Pop Douglas was for a lesser fumble and an, a far more, far less egregious turnover yeah. against the Miami Dolphins on Sunday Night So, the, the thing, the first three weeks that we heard a lot, Fitzy, was... And even if it was true, it was just sort of I, – I met it with kind of an eye roll. It was always the, well, Mac Jones isn't the problem. He's not the problem here. He's not the problem here. It's like, okay, but at any point, do you envision him being the 
the the reason why they win or the answer to like how do you have a good offense? Like, is he going to raise the play of other players around him, or is he just going to be fine the whole time and then have a dip like this and then be fine again? Because like looking back into his career, he's had a few games. You go to the, you know his rookie year, that Saints game was terrible. He's had a couple of terrible games against the Bills last year against the Raiders. Not just the way it ended, but that whole game against the Raiders is one of the worst. I think, I, you know, Monday after that I game. I know, I was there. <laughs> I think, And I think one of the talking points was, oh my God, is that the worst we've ever seen him? So there's been a few of these. And yeah, he has the three touchdown passes week one. Then he has one in week two, one in week three, zero in week four. And it just seems... Touchdown, it was just to the wrong team. He did throw a touchdown. Yeah, right. Like the, the room for error is not that high. And when the Patriots offense is getting scored on more than the defense or as often as the defense... You're not going to win any of those games. And so, yeah, Mac Jones was an absolute letdown yesterday, and I think any single question you have about him is more than fair at this point. He is not making the most of whatever the opportunity that is being presented to him, Rich, and I think that's where the debate opens up right now because if I had to do a quick, uh, let's say, Olympic medal stand-style power ranking of the three biggest problems the current New England Patriots face, I would say the... Bronze medal goes to Mac Jones. The silver medal goes to Bill Belichick, and Matt Groh is there waving to him from the side, and the gold medal goes to the offensive line. But that's why maybe Belichick and the offensive line get to go hand-in-hand on the gold medal stand because he and Matt Groh built it, and this is what they decided on. It is so bad. It's so How bad freaking, is it? It's why it's so bad. Why it's so <laughs> bad? Yeah. The New England Patriots are thirty-first in the league in scoring and dead last in terms of possessions that turn into a punt or a turnover. It's They're not, the yeah. worst offense in the NFL by a oh, large margin. margin. Yeah. And Mac Jones is part of the problem. Yes, I tweeted earlier today. He is not the problem. He yes, he is one of the no, problems, he's a problem. But you no, can't he's a just problem. say he is the problem, but. Is he showcasing that he can rise above, elevate the team, solve their problems, be anything resembling the bomb, salve, or flex seal Tom Brady or other great quarterbacks have been or need right. to be when their team puts them behind the eight ball? No, he can't. He has not in any way, shape, or form. And I would even dare say, uh-huh. I don't think we're ever going to get a fair look at what Mac Jones could be or what the best version of Mac Jones would be with the New England Patriots because the Pats have done such a disservice surrounding him with a crap line mm-hmm. and such mediocre talent. I definitely agree with the offensive lines an issue, and we've been screaming from a mountaintop about the lack of playmakers on the team. <clears throat> but some of his issues yesterday had oh. nothing to do with sure. if Devontae Adams was on the team or Steph Diggs was on the team. Like, I think it's almost gotten to the point where, all right, enough is enough. Like, this is this is who he is He's a guy that still continues to make mistakes, makes makes a, a, a bad decision when his decision-making needs to be his best skill set mm-hmm. and doesn't need to be questioned all the time. And, you know, I just – I don't think it's getting better. Like, week one started with we were all feeling okay. You're like, all right, the Philadelphia Eagles are a really good team, close game, throwing the ball around a little bit. That's a good sign. These last three games, as far as, like, just the quarterback play, this one in particular, I mean, this one's much worse. Oh, it's atrocious. But this is a – it's a tough uh, three-game – stretch for Mac Jones and he gets benched and I mean that one I can kind of see both sides of it right like it's a blowout even if even if you really like your starter and you're down by whatever it was at the time I can understand taking the guy out or do you not 
No, I completely understand taking him out. I would have even taken him out sooner because he was playing so poorly. But the Belichick response post game, and what a zesty and live oh, yeah. three hours of the Six Rings post game show. I bet it was spicy. Night, yeah, yeah. Ooh, yeah, mucho nice. caliente. Uh, Belichick's response for why he took him out, and again, being unnecessarily dinkish, if not just overly well, terse with Mike Reese and everyone who was asking questions, just doing their job, gonna trying be a to long, inform the masses. going to be a long year. I, I saw no reason to have him in there. Like, there was no reason. Yeah, okay, so you basically were calling game at that point. You know, oh, well, we couldn't come back from this 28-3, everyone. You can shove that one right where the sun don't shine. But Reese smoked him with his uh, calm, cool, collected response when he was like, well, at that point, did you think about taking anybody else out like Matt Judon? Awesome. Good for him. Good <laughs> Mike, for Mike. Is, a little silent, little si- is, silent killer, a silent dude, assassin, Mike Reese. Good that for is, you. As far as like uh, a quick back and forth on your feet. So for those that missed it, they were asking him questions. They did a great job. Everybody that was there in Dallas did a great job. And they asked him about Mac Jones coming out of the game. And his response was basically like, you know, we didn't really feel the need to have him in there. And then like immediately like, well, what about somebody like Matt Judon who got hurt in garbage time? So. Because the man only knows one gear, and that's fifth gear on every single play. Yeah. And if you're down yeah. 28 and your quarterback's not going to lead you to a victory, then you damn well better preserve the rest of the players that matter most or are going to help you try to win games like Matt Judon. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, earlier you lost your young defensive star in bloom, and now we found out it could be long-term. Brutal. All right, you can weigh in, 617-779-7937. We have a lot to unpack on this Patriots game, but I do want to talk about the Drew Holiday trade as well. It's the Rich Keefe Show with Fitzy right now. Here's Terp with What's Trending. This is the Rich Keefe Show on WEEI. WEEI. And streaming everywhere on the Odyssey app. In that sense, I mean, did you think, consider taking, like, no. shoot on out on the other side or, you know, like, at that point? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you got to put somebody out there. No truer words have ever been spoken. That was very uh, prickly. Bill Belichick following the worst loss of his career. 35 points. The worst Bill Belichick has ever been blown out. He takes Mac Jones out. Apparently just because he didn't see the point of having him out there. He did leave Matt Judon in. Now, again, I I think it's a good just question by Mike Reitz. I'm not suggesting you sit everybody either. But Matt Judon is now out probably for several weeks, as is Christian Gonzalez. So not only did you lose the game, but you lost your two best players, Fitzy, and whatever kind of hope you had. Because I think if you're playing the win-loss game, like a lot of us do at the beginning of the year, one and three or even 0 and four had Aaron Rodgers been playing with the Jets was very much on the table. That's a good, it's a hard schedule right out of the Mm -hmm. shoot. But it's not just being one and three. It's what it looks like. And now with these injuries, you know, on top of it. Yeah, uh, you're not going to see Matt Judon the rest of this year. Like that's probably at least not, no. that's going to be at least four months. He'll be back for the playoffs. Yeah, uh, yep. No? yep. yep. He'll definitely be playoffs. back to the playoffs to yeah. send out recruitment tweets to have people <laughs> join him next year on the Patriots. To which nobody will reply. No, he's over Christian that. Gonzalez. Yeah, uh, you know, a torn labrum repair. Marcus Jones is currently going through the same thing in a secondary that Andy Hart and Mike Cadlick dubbed a house of cards, a house of cards that got soaking wet over the weekend and has now completely collapsed. We have Miles Bryant and Sean Wade out yeah. there. You're like, you may, get Matt, you may get Jack Jones back this week, but Marcus Great. Jones is going to need several more weeks to recoup. Jonathan Jones and that ankle, he's basically been healthy for two, maybe three weeks since the start of camp in July. And now Ugh. Gonzalez is going to need at least two months to rehab if the torn labrum 
is exactly what he's got. That was Cadillac source that he just published to dot com. Rich, the defense is yeah. I, uh, next man shambles. up. This is what the page. No, it's cr- it's absolutely cream. They didn't know right Joe Judge had another another slogan for him, didn't he? Like no one's coming to help us. Oh yeah, take those <laughs> take those sweatshirts. You're gonna drown. Don't even send them in the to Central America. No. Burn them behind the stadium. No one's coming to help us. Then we are screwed. Yes. Like if that's <laughs> the, the new one this week. No one. Spoiler alert: We're screwed. <laughs> we're screwed. I mean, there's only 13 more wow. games left in the in the year. Kind of got out of uh, out of hand right now, but I think when you go back to the play of of Mac Jones and you know how is this going to get better? Because every week you can look at the offensive line, and every week you can say, "Well, there's some good players on the other side," but it's the NFL. Like, there's a lot of good teams. There's a lot of good defensive players. There's a lot of good skill guys. You know, all these wide receivers get a chance to go up against Sean Wade or Miles Bryant or whoever the Patriots are trotting out there. There's going to be plenty of uh, you know quote unquote bad mm-hmm. matchups. Like that's one of Andy Hart's things. He's always like, "How can it be a bad matchup? Is this another team in the NFL that also has good play- or that actually has good players on the other side?" Yeah. So. I, and and Hart said last night in the post game that he's far beyond convinced now that Mac Jones' time in New England is done. Like that, it's just thought yesterday was truly the beginning of the end of his tenure, and that there's almost nothing he's going to be able to do. Yeah. To rehabilitate his image. Or well, it was teetering. To be able like it to was. Win over the, it was. The, it was really, favor. really teetering. The way I viewed it was, there were people that just didn't like Mac Jones right out of the shoot, and I think they had some pretty good reasons behind it. Country club attitude, Mac and Roe Jones. Yeah, he's a dirty player too. On top of everything else, but then also mm-hmm. just you know arm strength. And when you're looking at you know Patrick Mahomes play or Josh Allen play or some of these elite. Now Joe Burrow's actually having a bad year, but. You you look at like he's the, literally got one leg to stand on. He almost true. probably shouldn't be playing at this point. No, that's they have true. they only have a rookie backup. True. Well, so do the Ra- so do the Raiders. But I mean, there are a lot of teams. Mac Jones may one day rich go somewhere else, be surrounded by more elite talent, uh, an actual offensive line, and be able to work work his way back into the favor of the NFL and be like a decent starter. It's not going to. I I just I'm I, more convinced than ever know. it's not going to work here because I feel like he and Belichick probably don't get along. Well, they went through what they did last year. This is who they have to play with this year. But if Robert Kraft is the one that is in charge of all of this, does he see go, does he see a brighter future with one over the other? Uh, no. I don't know if you have a bright. You don't have a bright future with either one. I mean, mm-hmm. one's the greatest of all time. However, he's not the greatest right now. And how many more years is he even going to be doing it? And it now like he's going to find another quarterback. He's going to find a new guy. Where's he finding that guy? Doesn't it feel like doesn't it feel like blasphemy to say something along the lines of like can Bill Belichick really do this? I mean it, it Yeah, it no, it feels, is it is weird. It, I mean, he's been so good for so long it. and it's like if you say it it doesn't mean that you are ignoring the past. I don't think yeah. that's true. I just you know, cuz classic Belichick is always looking ahead with players. He didn't look mm-hmm. at their past and say well, why would I get rid of Laurie Malloy? Laurie Malloy is awesome. Look at what Laurie Malloy did. Look what Ty Law did. Look what Richard Seymour did. He got rid of all those guys. He got rid of Tom Brady, for Christ's sake. So I think at this point, if you can't look at it and say, Bill Belichick probably isn't the right man to turn this team around, like, I don't know what else you're looking at. Dude, he, he he's done the same routine twice now. Earlier this year, it was the whole, like, what do uh, what do the fans have to look forward to, or like why should the fans take hope for the season? He's like oh, that, the past twenty five years, and then right. like what he was asked last night, you know, or, or maybe it was this morning on Gush, you know <laughs> what uh 
you know, why, why should fans be excited about or think that there, there could be a turn? He's like, well, look at the past three games. Yeah, yeah like, okay, what are we doing? Yeah, you never you looked barely at the past. One, yeah. one came down to a Hail Mary, and you, yeah. and you lost the other two. You've scored 20 points, was the most your team has scored in all season. So, yeah, there's not a lot to get excited about. I mean, it's like in anything, though. Like, once somebody's good at something, doesn't mean you're going to be good at it, whatever it might be, forever. Like, and, and then in exact football terms, and I don't think it's gotten to this extreme, but although maybe you can make a case that it has. Remember when the Washington Redskins had, at one point, Joe Gibbs, and Joe Gibbs was incredible. He won all these Super Bowls with all these different mm-hmm. quarterbacks. It was amazing. Mm-hmm. Next thing you know, they had some down years. They still have had down years, and they bring back Joe Gibbs. They're like, here's Joe Gibbs 2.0. Was, hey. he the, was he the same guy? Was he as good? Have you ever asked Christian Fourier about he's like the, he's his like Joe the worst Gibbs ever, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. He said it was comically bad. He said one week yeah. they actually did a routine where they had like a, a like a, a contest in practice, and it wasn't like someone wins a day off or wins a great prize. Joe Gibbs was so out of it. He was like, guys, whoever wins this tackling drill wins a chance to take out my Cadillac. And he pulled his car <laughs> keys out of his pocket yeah. and dangled them in front of everyone. And Fourier was like, Guy, no one wants to drive your old man smelling Werther's original, you know, wrapper filled <laughs> Cadillac. So when I- when Joe when Joe Gibbs came back, he was with Washington for four years, uh, and as Fourier was there firsthand, he was a joke. Like he just he wasn't the same guy at all. He was sixty four, sixty five, sixty six, sixty seven. Mm-hmm. Belichick is seventy one. So yeah. like maybe maybe the comparison's not that far off because at one point. You can make a case like what Joe Gibbs did in a 10-year span winning with three different quarterbacks is insane. Uh, like that's le- insane. legendary. Legendary. Yes. Maybe so, the greatest coach of the 80s and that's what and we also had people like right. Bill Walsh and Don Shula around. Yeah, no, no doubt. Are right, you going to weigh in on this 617-779-7937? We got Matt in Walpole. What's going on, Matt? What's going on? Uh, yeah, you know, I'm I'm usually quite the optimist, but I can't, I cannot be optimistic after watching that game. Stuff. Like I just kind of, yeah. I hope that they lose out. Like I can't, I, I, you know, I'm I'm no Mac hater, and I'm pretty realistic about the idea that you know, you're never seeing Tom Brady ever again. But I just I can't watch that game and then go like, yeah, you know what? Just yeah, get him next week. Like it was just it was really that bad, and I think that you just you got to move on. I think you're, I think it's trending that way, and thanks for the call, Matt. I would just look when, when it comes to Mac Jones. What does he do well? Like, what's his best thing? I've heard he's wicked smart. It yeah, is. he's super sharp. How about <laughs> his processing? Uh-huh. He no one no. stays at the library later watching film than no. Michael McCockle Jones. No, and if it goes back to if he has an O line, if he has receivers, if he has running backs, if he has this all right. Well, you can say that about a lot of people. Like yeah. Brock Purdy was the dead last pick in the draft. He's never lost a game in the NFL because he's surrounded by all pros. So just about anybody can do that. You shouldn't use a first-round pick on a guy that needs everything else to be perfect yeah, around He's him. quicker and almost seems to have more arm strength than Mac Jones. Somehow, yeah. I, I don't get it. Can I? Okay. I, I mentioned this last night with Hart as well. Right. I know it was triggering on Twitter. Oh, boy. At Brand X, whatever. No, no. Honestly, what I saw yesterday was I saw a team that has 
most would argue like similar, if not lesser talent in the form of the Washington football team. That's what I choose to call them. And okay. uh, the commanders bad, for those that are wondering who's he talking about. Okay, I apologize. Yeah. I know I don't. I apologize for nothing. <laughs> okay, so the commanders were at the Eagles yesterday, right? They sure were. And Sam Howell was down 31-24 with a minute and 20 left. And Mac Jones, of course, we all know his record against the spread when it's six or more points. He has no comebacks in the pros. Sam Howell took a team with supposedly lesser talent against a greater team down the field yeah. in Philadelphia in a minute and 20. And the throw he made to D- Jahan Dotson with yeah. zero seconds left on the clock to tie the game up was absolute stud. nails. The kid is a stud. You Washington, hey, Mego, you've got a quarterback. Like, for real, this kid's an absolute baller. I And arm strength to spare. Plus, he's fast AF. Where is that on <laughs> Mac Jones? I don't know. Yeah, where is that drive? Where's that got to have even going into this season, looking at the two seasons that he played almost two full seasons. He missed a handful of games last year. One of the things you point out was like, what was his best game in a close game? Like he had a few games where you're like, oh, yeah, all those touchdowns against the Browns or like the Jets. And you're like, Oh, dude, you were starting against the Browns. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's that's you played point. safety for the Jets or and or the Jags <laughs> and or the Browns and or the play. Titans that day. I tried. Honest to God, yeah. his best game as a pro. Probably yeah. was the Cowboys game. You know, the same one he threw a pick six to Trevon Diggs to back in 2021. Yeah. Uh, it was brutal. All right, so before, and we'll get back to your phone calls here on on all of this, but just because we have a, a shorter show, Monday Night Football coming up at 7.30, the Celtics trade, Fitzy. Drew Holiday, a lot of rumors about it, but Drew Holiday lands here in Boston for Malcolm Brogdon and Time Lord. I love it. I absolutely Love the trade. I think Malcolm Brogdon had to be traded. They they already traded him at one point, and then it fell through. Mm-hmm. And then he also, the latest is he's upset with how they're dealing with his injury. So it wasn't going to work. It just felt like that one year, one and done, Brogdon needed to move on. Time Lord, the, the idea of Time Lord is great. He's just not nearly available enough. You know how many games he averaged over his five-year career, Rich, so far with the Celtics? 41 games a season. So you literally got half a season every year. It is more the idea. You're the one. Earlier this year, I heard on the show one night, you were taking name suggestions with Stiz. Flex Time Lord, Time Off Lord, Manage Time Lord. Like That's what it got down to. People are afraid to separate from the idea of what he should or could be. When he's on the floor... Yes, Lob Williams, he's awesome. His two-way defense at times can be spectacular. Yeah, like the player efficiency number I know is like always through the roof, but also like what's the does that take into account availability? So, no, and you need to make the money match and I just I didn't want them to trade Derek White and I wanted to keep Thank Derek you. White on the team. And they were he's able like to do that. One of the best plus-minus guys yeah. in the NBA. Yeah. So, on the one hand, you could say like their overall depth has taken a little bit of a hit because you tr- you trade Brogdon, Time Lord, Marcus Smart and Grant Williams, four guys that went healthy, played for you, and you return Porzingis and Holiday. So your talent is a lot better. Your depth isn't as good. I think it also helps Joe Mazzulla, who I still don't have a lot of confidence in, mm-hmm. but he was the guy that played Marcus Smart over Derek White in fourth quarters. He'd forget to play Derek White, for God's sakes, whereas now you're telling him, like, here are your six players. Play these guys. We'll add a few more pieces for regular season depth, but come playoff time, you only need to play eight, maybe seven on certain nights. Just play these guys. It's going to come down now to Porzingis's health, which is a scary proposition, if you ask me. Mm-hmm. I don't know mm-hmm. how many games he's going to play, but if he plays, or at least if he's good for the playoffs, I have the Celtics back on top of the Bucks. I thought the Lillard trade 
gave it to the Bucks. I was on Friday saying I like right now I like the Bucks the best with Lillard and Giannis combo. Mm-hmm. But now Drew Holiday in, I got the Celtics back on top of them. And I also wonder when the Bucks traded Drew Holiday to the Blazers, they probably <laughs> had to know that he was going to get dealt. But they were like not to the Celtics, right? Like I wonder how realistic they thought that actually was because this has to be worst case scenario for them. Oh, it's the absolute worst case scenario to give up their best defender, mm-hmm. who's been what two or three years in a row, first team All NBA defense. Yeah, he's uh, great. Who, who uh, stole a game in the conference semifinals years ago against the Celtics? The game five with that great steal against Marcus Smart at the end of the game with a fourteen point comeback. Uh, he played lockdown defense against both the Jays. Not afraid to take big shots. Mm-hmm. Like this is a guy with that championship caliber. I'll get it done. We'll find a way experience this team needs, I believe, to put them over the top. Miami tried to make a trade for him, according to Woj. Actually, the Portland Trailblazers preferred the Celtics deal. So Miami gets porked on Lillard, and they get porked on Drew Holiday, oh, yeah. which I love. Oh yeah. And, and then now the Celtics get exactly what they need. They get a better version. Sorry, everybody that loved Marcus Smart. Oh, yeah. They get a better version of what Marcus Smart brought to the floor. Not the intangibles, but what he brought to the floor. Your depth takes a hit. You find a third big to help spell Porzingis and Al Horford so Horford doesn't play 1,900 minutes by the time he gets to the conference semifinals, etc. This is the best version of the team possible. And, hey, Heim Bloom, Bill Belichick. <laughs> I give Don Sweeney his props for going for it. Sadly, he got screwed last year. He tried. Run for everybody with he Snarls tried. and Man, company. But like, going to miss Snarls. God, uh, uh, just so much. But, you like, know? I... Like and and the Tooch or Bertu or the Tooch, the Tooch, you know, not the Tooch. That's Bertucci's. Got the, it. The yeah, Tooch, yeah. Bertuzzi. Oh, Bertuzzi. Uh, honest to God, man. Like that's how you do it. When you see an elite level player yeah. available and he's interested in Pounce. joining you, yeah, find him. Find and you him. You gotta Pounce give up some stuff. It. You give up some good stuff, but that's what usually happens in a trade. And so, yeah, I'm pumped. And like everybody else, Celtics, Bucks, Eastern Conference uh, Finals. Let's, let's just go. Get let's right go there right now. Oh my God! What a series! And just the whole Lillard and and uh, Holiday guarding each other is going to be insane. So yeah, I'm uh, I'm pretty pretty pumped for uh, for the season. I mean, I was anyway. Like they were going to be really good anyway. They would have been in the mix anyway. But this puts them right back on top. So pumped about that. All right, let's go back to the phones. We go. We got Eddie in Salisbury he joins us next. What's up, Eddie? Hey, how you doing? Uh, good. Rest in peace. Tim Wakefield, that's for sure. Yes. Yes, sir. I just think that that nitwit and the other station that was condemning him, how what, uh, what a bad job he did from Nesson. And by the way, that nitwit got fired from Nesson. I just think it's a disgrace. Uh, and now I have no idea. Saying, I, Eddie, I have no idea what you're talking about. Like, I honestly, God, have no idea what you're talking about. But because you brought it up, Fitzy, the Tim Wakefield news over the weekend was clearly devastating and I don't want to even have to like bring this up, but unfortunately became part of the story was Kurt Schilling a yep. couple days prior mm-hmm. putting the info out when Tim Wakefield and Wakefield's family didn't want it out. Mm-hmm. And so what really bothered me was thinking about what the last couple days of Tim Wakefield's life, at least part of the time and energy spent was thinking about what an a-hole Kurt Schilling is and, yeah, and how, like, like, ugh. are you kidding me? It's not, oh, I'm a man of faith, you know, so I just Shut want everyone to know, like, dude. he's bet. No, like, it's not your business. It's not your business. I couldn't agree more 
with Kath Veritek and everyone mm-hmm. else that was like, F you, this wasn't your business. It wasn't your truth to reveal. This is the way he wanted to go out. They obviously knew that yeah. things were much more dire and serious than the rest oh. of us could have ever possibly acknowledged. And yet, Rich, I'll tell you this. Other people have been sharing stories about the things that he was doing or trying to do, even in recent month and week, while he knew that he had brain cancer and ultimately it proved to be terminal. He was out there in the middle of June because I do a lot of work, mm. proudly so, with the Joe and Drusy Foundation. He was out there in the middle of June playing golf, shaking hands, signing autographs, being an absolute mensch, helping other people that can't pay their bills when they're stricken with cancer pay their bills while he is suffering the great fight of his life against the cowardice that is cancer. And I'll tell you, I felt yesterday, in after you get the gut punch of that, mm-hmm. I remember at the time thinking, God, I've never said hi to Tim Wakefield, and I've heard he's the nicest guy in the world. I should just go up and shake his hand and just say, hey, and thanks for the mm-hmm. millions of memories and the joy you brought me and my family. And I didn't. And now I regret it completely. Oh, for sure. It's not about me. It's not about you. It's about any little stories like that. Mm-hmm. But like, I don't think we'll ever be able to firmly grasp or wrap our arms around how much this guy meant to people off the field and on the field, he was an absolute legend for the Red Sox. Yeah, I mean, every single person that you hear from that interacted with him just loved him. Like the best guy, whether it was as a teammate, whether it was, you know, people in the media, you know, dealing with him, working with him, all the charity work that he did. And uh, he's also just a part of so many memorable Red Sox teams and moments along the way. And like, Ooh. what a cool oh. story, too. Like, oh. comes up as a shortstop. And then is a knuckleballer. Right. Like forget a, about that. He's a shortstop for the Pirates. Pirates. And then it's like a legit knuckleballer for years and years and years. Is an all star. He's or a, uh, yeah, he's an all star. He's a closer. And then he's a starter. And it's like he's I everything. He's a closer. He closed for a little bit. Yeah, but Rich, think about this wow. too. Like if he like first, who would it have possibly meant more in two thousand four to to reach over and grab the ALCS trophy and then subsequently the World Series trophy? After what happened at the end of 2003, and then the fact that he has to basically throw himself on the proverbial grenade in the Saturday night 19-8 to mm-hmm. game, and then eat late innings in game five to keep them alive in the comeback against the Yankees, like, holy smoke. Oh, it's unbelievable. What, what? Oh, and think about it, he was, he was on the Red Sox from 95 to 2011. So you think about all those different, the cast of characters that came in and out, like his teammates with... Pedro and Schilling, Mo unfortunately, Vaughn. but Mo, but like, yeah, Nomar to Canseco. Manny and Ortiz, yeah, like Offerman. all those guys. My guy Carl Everett, like he played Bellhorn, yeah, all he, played he played with everybody. Uh, but yeah, so I mean, just uh, terrible news over over the weekend for sure. Six one seven 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 nine seven nine three seven is the number to jump aboard here. We still have what happened in the. NFL for week four when we come back, our bet du jour and our Monday night football bets. So we'll do that coming up next year on the Rich Keefe Show. From the Rubenstein Law Studios, 1-800-BOS-LEGAL. This is WEEI, New England Sports Original. You're listening to the Rich Keefe Show on Boston Sports Original. WEEI. A-U-D-A-C-Y. Type that into your app search, then download. All right, back here on the Rich Keefe Show, WEEI. If you miss any of the program, you can check out the podcast. Just download the Rich Keefe Show on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You can also hit us up on Twitter and Instagram, at Rich Keefe Show. A little bet to your time, and uh, we also do the Monday Night Football bets as well. So currently on the season, Fitzy 3-0-2 on Monday Night Football. A couple of pushes there, unfortunately. Uh, I'm 2-1-2. 
Stiz is 2-1-2. and two. Stiz not in tonight, so Terp is going to make Stiz's bet. I feel like that's the only fair way of doing things. Right? Yeah, yeah that's so right. Oil right. the ground. Yeah, just take 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 what take a dive tonight. Terp. Whatever you got. Yeah, whatever, whatever you have. And then we also have our, our classic bet du jour bet as well, so a little uh, mm. prop from the game as well. But let's do the game first. It is Seattle at the Giants. Mm-hmm. Uh, not one that maybe you would pick. Maybe not one that you'd be all that excited about. Seahawks minus two and a half on the road. So you do have a home dog on Monday night. Fitz, you are undefeated. I'll have you go first, sir. Uh, listen, with a, with a limited Saquon or possibly no Saquon, uh, not a uh, uh, slightly less than functional passing game and nothing to spark the offense or give me confidence in them to, to date. Uh, there's no reason not to take the Seahawks. Uh, Geno Smith would love nothing more than to come back to the stadium that kicked him out years ago and prove on a national stage once again that they ain't rolled back and that he's actually worth the cause. I love their I love the running back combo of Walker and Charbonnet. I mm-hmm. love their receiver trio of Smith and Jigba. Lockett and DK Metcalf as well. I think two and a half is an easy cover. It's just a field goal at this point. So yeah. I'm not going to go money line. I'll go full cover on the Hawks tonight. Yeah, it's, and Seattle, like, oh, they're you know traveling all the way across the country. But usually that's a thing with, like, 1 o'clock games. This is prime time. Not a big deal. Yeah. And I was looking at it, last year under Geno Smith, the Seahawks were 4-4 four and four on the road. So it's not like they're a horrible road team or anything like that. And the Giants stink. Man, the Giants, and I don't think it's a huge shock, but based on how they played last year and give Brian yep. Dayball a lot of credit for finding ways to get wins and going as far as they did. Yeah. But Daniel Jones is a bum, I think. And if Saquon Barkley is in and out of the lineup, there's not a lot else there to like. No. So I don't know how you do smoke and mirrors for two years in a row. So I'll take the Seahawks as well. Uh, minus the two and a half. Uh, I'm hoping that Charbonnet becomes a bigger part of the offense selfishly because of fantasy football, but there's been some good momentum on him. It looks like that run last week. Yeah. Trucks. The anger just absolutely (laughs) trucked a guy. But I'll tell you though, Walker is one of the most explosive running backs in the league when he's healthy. So they could have a nasty one, two punch as well. Look, their defense isn't perfect. And I, I, I'll, I'll give Dayball the benefit of the doubt any given week, especially when they have 11 days to game plan for a big affair like this. Yeah. I just think this is going to be one of those games where talent wins out in the end. Terp. I'm with you guys. I think the Seattle offense is actually sneaky good, and they put up 30 points in back-to-back weeks, and the Giants just can't hang with them, so I like the Seahawks. All right, very good. All right, uh, prop time. Fitzy, what do you got for your Monday Night Football prop? Logging on to the FanDuel Sportsbook just moments before tonight's broadcast, I saw a nice little boosterino that it seems like I'd be crazy not to jump on. All right. How about this? Plus 200, 25 rushing yards or more for Daniel Jones. And 50 or more rushing yards for Kenneth Walker III. Okay, that's very doable. That That seems very, very doable. That seems very, at at plus 200, that almost feels like money in the bank. Now, this is coming from the guy who laid just about all the money he had in his FanDuel Sportsbook yesterday on Steelers minus three. No. Because, of course, well, I mean, I was told that the entire Houston offensive line, the starting offensive line was out. Doesn't matter. Yeah. (laughs) When you have a talented quarterback, it doesn't matter. Yeah, Pittsburgh's not great. No, uh, I'm going to go Tyler Lockett over 52 and a half receiving yards. Seems like okay. a low number for Tyler Lockett. I think he okay. will hit the over on that. And Terp, I'm going to go Ken Walker anytime touchdown score at minus 110. All right, he's got four in his last two games. Okay, so I'm riding the hot hand. See, he's right. hot. A lot of Seattle, a lot of Seattle numbers here. All right, before we get to Wahop and let's uh, sneak in a call here, we got Reed in Cambridge. What's going on, Reed? Hey guys, how's it going? Pretty good. 
Um, just had a, a crazy theory here. I know, mm-hmm. you know, based on timing, Mac Jones, um, Bill Belichick are on the hot seat. Well, there's a certain duo in Colorado, even though they lost this weekend, Shadur and Dion, that could take their place and lead us back to, to the promised land for the next, I don't know, 10, 15, 20 years. Just a crazy thought. Nope. but Reed, listen, I'm in. I'm all in on it. I don't think Dion's long you for Colorado. Yeah, I'm in on that. Why not? Coach Prime coming Coach to Foxborough. Yeah. Imagine who they'd get to come to Foxborough and the sidelines there, the people they I would know. have coming through. She's rich between like the baby swinging by yeah. Rocky, you know, Buffalo's practice last week out there. You'd have all and these guys. All the celebrities yeah. at the, the 10 a.m. kickoff when they just got laced and waxed yeah. by USC and Caleb Williams, who was easily the number one pick. Although they fought all the way back. They actually made it a game. Did you stick through they, that thing? Yeah. Uh, no, I kind of punted it. They, they went. They, they lost by a touchdown. Yeah, no. And if they if they knew what they got hard. offense was, like their their offensive coordinator has some issues. I know they're putting up some points, yeah. but whatever. I'm mean, I'm invested in the Colorado thing. I think it's it's fun. It is really fun, and, I, and, and their and, best player hasn't played the last two weeks. And we're and you know we're not going to be able to get like a female pop star to start dating Mac Jones to get primetime games, a la mm. Trailer or Swelsey, whatever. However, Taylor Swift and the uh, Kansas City Chiefs do come to Foxborough in December on Monday Night Football. I wonder if she's going to be like, yeah, I've heard that's not really a great place. She's been there. She's oh, been that's there. Right. She's no, rocked she the place. She, she went great... in there and rocked it. Three times. Three I know, times. But, that when, but that, she sold out three nights in a row. One was rocked in a deluge. It. I understand. All right. Well, Pro Football Talk had a story recently, and the headline is, Bill Belichick was already on notice. Even if the remark from his boss went largely unnoticed, now it's time to start wondering whether, barring a turnaround, this will be his last year in New England. People are on it, Fitzy. Wow. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's just like it's trending in that People, direction, but tell me you yeah. still like your jaw won't hit the floor running if you ever hear that. Yeah, I know. It's been, but it's Come been on. trending that way. The moment they decided to move on from Tom Brady, there hasn't been a lot of good since then. Oh, he set a giant clock on the table that just started going. 60 minutes is next. You're like, ah, oh, football's yeah. over for 20, now. Or, or just like 24. Here. Here. Yeah. Not great. Here. All right, uh, if you have uh, thoughts on this uh, Patriots situation, and that's what it is, it is a situation right now, you can join us at 617-779-7937. We have what happened in the NFL whip around week four coming up next.